0: besties. Welcome back to the Tana Talks podcast. It is me, Montana Duran, your host, and I am joined with one of my in real life California besties, Sarah Norton. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Montana. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited for this. Me too. You are like my first real born and bred California friends. I'm honored. When I think about a California girl, you are what comes to mind. That's all I've ever hoped for not the first
1: time I've heard that
0: and like I know you think I have an accent but like I love your accent you're like California girly like
1: let's just go to the beach she's just a valley girl (laughs) what can I say
0: I love it okay so I like to start the podcast
1: with a question let's do it when is the last time you cried oh super recently to Mm -hmm. be honest (laughs) um well, I cried in front of you like 2 days ago. That on this was couch. That
0: was beautiful. This couch is where I spend if I'm not at my house, I'm on this couch.
1: Mhm. She's seen a lot. Um <laughs> so yeah, like probably, yeah, I think that was the last time 2 days ago in two. front of you.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't have to divulge into that because
1: <laughs> usually it's I'm not. like usually I'm like so what happened? No. I just like to
0: I think that question got birthed out of like I was spending a lot of time crying. It was when I was like healing from an accident. And so I would like was fascinated by crying and tears and so i just like to know like i think it's a healthy thing
1: absolutely i'm someone who i think you know this i like to hold it in until it's like a big waterfall Mm -hmm. and then it's like a really big embarrassing epic cry but it does feel good like i felt so much better after that and i genuinely like just as an update i feel so much better and i i love that we had that talk
0: i do too because like literally Life is not meant to be lived alone. Like, we're not supposed to go through our stuff alone. And, like, Mm. especially now, like, after the pandemic and everything, like, we all spend a lot of time alone, I feel like. And in isolation and feeling like we have to just do everything on our own. But, like, there's so much power and just, like, it releases it. Like, not just crying, but, like, also telling your friends. Like, because it's so crazy how you can be, like, so close to someone and not know what they're going through.
1: Totally. It's so easy to just be, like what's going on in your life like tell me the updates and it's not as fun to like cry but that's why i'm glad i have you and you know the world has you too but i feel extra lucky okay i'll cry right now okay do it should we just start crying on the podcast Uh, it would be cathartic what if i asked someone that question and they just started crying they just trauma dump the largest trauma dump in the history of yeah, I don't know. Could go a different way.
0: Okay, so when I do... Like I said at the beginning, when I think about you, you are what I envision a California girly. Like, you grew Gosh. up in San Diego, like, California girl. And when I first met you, you were like, yeah, I went to Alabama. Like, you went of Alabama and I'm like, roll tide, Alabama? Roll tide.
1: Roll motherfucking tide.
0: And it just... Shocked me because, like, I'm from the south, I know what it's like, and I would have never in a million years imagined you went to Alabama. So, like, what was that like coming from San Diego, going to Alabama? Like, what was your experience?
1: Yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, I actually decided to go to Alabama because I have an older sister, three years older, and she went to Alabama, and I didn't know how to think for myself at all. We're getting better, um, so I just naturally followed her there, you know, um, it felt safe. And I'm really glad I did. It was um, a really interesting, eye-opening experience for me in a lot of ways. It was really fun. It was like, like you were saying, like California girl. I am born and bred in California. You know, I'd never lived anywhere else. I, that was I was pretty sheltered to anything outside of Southern California, San Diego specifically. Um, so yeah, it was an eye-opening experience to see. Oh, another part of the country lives. Um, And I don't know how much you want me to get into it right away. You
0: can get into it. Yeah. That's That's what a podcast is.
1: Hi, besties. So sorry to
0: interrupt that incredible interview. We're going right back. Don't worry. I just had to come and show you guys something that's really been helping me. You're like, probably like, Montana, why are you in the kitchen? I told you we're getting more intimate in season four. So, no better play to get intimate than to come into my kitchen. If you're following the Instagram, you know I have been having a love-hate relationship with coffee recently. And it's mostly hate because it has betrayed me. Coffee has always been my loyal sidekick. It's been betraying me. It's made me feel super anxious. It's. I drink it because I think it makes me more productive. And honestly, all I do is just want to crawl out of my skin because I'm so anxious. So, I've been looking for so many solutions, so many things. Nothing's really working. I'm still... Tired caffeine does give you that initial boost, but it doesn't really last long, and you just are super anxious all day. You can't sleep all the things, all the things I've been struggling with. I share about them all the time on Instagram. That's why I'm so excited that I found this little shot from Magic Mind. It has completely changed the game for me because it doesn't have any of the negative side effects, it only has positive ones. This is a community full of creatives, and this stuff, when I drink it, it makes me feel so creative you can use it as a substitute for coffee or you can use it along with your coffee because i do still have one cup but i was drinking like four cups a day so i've completely cut my coffee intake It's went out the window what i love about magic mind is that it has all natural ingredients it has matcha it has ashwagandha it has lion's manes, so you feel safe drinking it Whereas coffee, I'm just shaking out of my skin. If you're like me and coffee is making you so anxious, I totally recommend you try Magic Mind and you can get it at magicmind.com slash Tana with code Tana20 and you'll get 56% off your first subscription or 20% off your one-time purchase. That's code Tana20 for 56% off a subscription. Even if you're already a subscriber, you can save on your next subscription payment. I totally recommend it. I... They have a total full refund if you don't like it, but I don't think that you won't like it. Like, I know you're going to love it because you're my besties, and I know what my besties want. So, again, it's magicmind.com slash Tana with discount code Tana20 for up to 56% off a subscription. Not 55, 56, okay? I'd pick the 30-pack if I were you. That's the best value I I got the subscription and it's changing the game. We're, we're, we're being creative. Okay. I love you. I mean it. Let's go listen to this interview.
1: Bye. It was, um, it was really interesting. I had a great time. I did the like typical Alabama route where you like joined a sorority. Oh, you were a sorority girl. Mm -hmm. I was, I was Greek, you know, um, DGs out there. Hey what's up sisters um
0: yeah the only thing i want mi- feel like i miss out on a sorority is like the gang signs y'all do with your hands oh yeah um okay let the me- kds were my favorite
1: <laughs> that's gonna be horrible audio i'm so sorry um <laughs> but yeah there it is be jealous so you did the sorority life I did the sorority yeah and besides like obviously the weather was such a shock um it was mm-hmm. the first time i had ever really dealt with any type of humidity I didn't really understand humidity um so that was hard physically on my body I sweat a lot you know Mm -hmm. um you know but um and it surprisingly gets cold in the south it does get cold it even snowed snowed my freshman year it like flurried and they shut the school down for two days it was amazing I did get a video of me throwing a snowball and it was like the first one I had thrown since I was like six so that was exciting for me um But yeah, Greek life, it was a lot and I don't want to like totally just slander them or anything, but it was, it's, um, I was lucky that like I found a really amazing group of people through it Mm -hmm. and like outside of Greek life too, like college was fun. Um, and I still am friends with a lot of those people, but there's a lot of different traditions. Like they take it very, very seriously. It's a little culty.
0: Oh, Yes.
1: Like I'm talking for I'm gonna spill like a little secret, like for initiation and stuff. Like I'm talking like like all matching bras and underwear and we had to just wear white socks and like our bra and underwear and like this white little like robe over us and like go down into the basement where it was dark and like candles and candle wax stuff, you know. Did you guys sacrifice someone that night? Well we (laughs) bought close, but she was actually sick that day, so we had to rain check it. Okay. Um but so Yeah, that's really intense. Like, there were <laughs> girls I met who were like, my grandmommy's grandmima, you know, she was in this sorority. She lived in this dorm room, so I got to do the same. Um, That was cool. I'm I love sure. your
0: southern accent.
1: Oh, thank you, darling. You, you kind of nailed it there. Yeah, well, I really, I had never practiced a southern accent at all in my life until I went to college my freshman year. Um, A pretty annoying tick I picked up not tick, but um, a little habit, a drunk habit specifically that I picked mm-hmm. up very quickly was um, if any little bit of liquor was in me, mm, mama, I was gonna, that southern twang was gonna come out and it still do from time to time, you know, y'all understand. Yes.
0: But not all Southern people are
1: stupid. That's the one stereotype that I hate. It's like people think when you
0: talk like that, you're just
1: dumb. Absolutely not. And I think that that's like part of the like, don't judge a book by its cover. A back. (laughs) A back. A book cock. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Don't judge a book by its cover. I did that. Um, No. Yeah, because some of the smartest people I met in college had Southern accents. And obviously they put me as a film major to shame yeah
0: so you did major in film what was that like at alabama because you you would think like
1: coming from california you would do that here right 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 (laughs) you know (laughs) as many do as many successful people do
0: (laughs) no i love that you did that yeah because it's a great school don't like come on like roll Roll tide tide. they win
1: at everything yeah we do come on natty's this year roll tide um yeah, it was really interesting. I didn't go to school right away to be a film major, even though I had always like loved production. I was a theater nerd. I had always been like making videos and stuff, um, but I didn't think I could make any money off of it. So I went to school as um, I went as a criminal justice major, and I wanted to be like pre-law. I thought I'd be a lawyer shocking um and it's a uh, bit shocking yeah it's a bit shocking because after one semester i was like oh my god i can't do it Mm -hmm. um so i did switch to film and i had an amazing experience i loved it um i'm sure you're familiar with the sec network and how big bama's football is and like because the sec network and bama's football success there was a lot of money going to in general the telecommunications and film program Mm. so it was a really good program like that makes sense yeah absolutely there were a lot of resources um i met some really amazing people and actually like a little shout out to like micah and emily some friends Uh, i've met i love them Uh uh-huh and they moved out here to la too and so now we're all friends which is amazing
0: yeah i loved it i'm glad you brought that up to the sec and everything because one habit that you did pick up from the south that i'm so glad that you picked up is the love of college football that's true i am a college football stan we went to the i call it the roll tide bar the other yeah. day <laughs> everyone was just screaming roll tide when they were playing georgia and i
1: was just like there were a couple of georgia fans i got there. that it was me you i got the dog in me you had that mm-hmm. dog in you I was cracking really? up. Uh, you were honestly so funny that day. Um, I took Montana to an Alabama uh, football bar for one of the games recently against Georgia. Um SEC yeah. championship. SEC championship. Big deal. Shout out. Shout out to Georgia for freaking blowing it. I don't even like y'all like that. Mm, I will agree with that. Um, but yeah, we went together and like we hung out with some of my school friends and met up with some other Bama people. And it was really fun bringing you because obviously you're such a good sport. Like You weren't yeah. like, oh my God, no, like, Georgia. Georgia. um but you're just like so funny the whole time and yeah I'm glad you got to experience how Bama football fans are no
0: I'm glad you because people out here don't appreciate it and I didn't no. realize how much of a like how like core that was of me like college football like that's how we grew up yeah. like we didn't like the NFL
1: no NFL's so boring. Um, I
0: only started liking them recently after that quarterback show. Oh yeah, that quarterback I tell, show. Yeah, yeah. I need to watch that. It's really good. It what makes you it be in it. I think it's called like quarterback. Okay,
1: subtle plug. Shout out the quarterback Shout out to show.
0: Netflix. Can you lower your subscriptions, please? So you did the film there and the film program there. Mm-hmm. Great experience. Roll tide. Mm-hmm. Go dogs. Graduated in COVID.
1: Um What? Was, you yeah. were a
0: COVID baby? It was a COVID grad. What um, was that like? I had I had just escaped it. I graduated in 2019.
1: Yeah. Thank God. I would have not been well. Oh, I know. I feel bad for the kids, like or the people below me, you know, who still are in school or like still were in Yeah. School. Um, I got out just in time. Also, um, talk about crying. I cried a lot because it when COVID hit, everybody remembers like March 2020, you know, whatever was going on in your life. It was just about to be spring break. It was like a couple days before spring break at Bama, mm. my senior year, like all my little girlies. We were all planning a trip together, but I had I got a good interview that was like back home in California and I wanted to move back to be in like the entertainment industry anyway, and I was applying. So I was like, girlies, I will see you soon, you know. Like we have time, like I'm gonna go home for this. interview, and they left, and then the next day, that Friday, was the day that Alabama was like, don't come back. Um, And so I just, I have made an effort, obviously, to see a lot of them, but it took a long time to see them again. It was so sad. But also... I got to coast in my classes
0: <laughs> that's I what I was about them. to say like what was that like like going like zoom classes like we never used Z- online stuff when I was oh, in no it. we never did so we like didn't... know how to
1: they were so lost like my half of my classes I'm not kidding literally gave me the option at the end of that week they said do you want to keep going and do like some online assignments or do you want to take your grade as is and I took my grade as is in most of those classes one of the ones that I did not was a film one that was fun and one was a cooking class that had been in person I was loving it. I was so excited learning how to cook. And then they took that away from me. It was only like halfway into the class. I hadn't even gotten to like the eggs chapter yet, you know? Yeah. I'd only gotten to like salt, scrambled egg. It's taken some time, but I've gotten there. Um, So yeah, I just, all of those classes were done. It was weird. And then I just kind of transitioned into working like everyone. Yeah. What made you move to LA? Um, I first moved to LA in 2021. Um, I was working remote for an agency is like a digital agency. And I was like bottom bitch assistant, you, you know, know, like client services assistant. Yeah. Um, and I really, I won't say the name cause I really hated it. I really hated that job. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I needed, I, my whole goal was to get up here to LA and to start working in the industry. So, and like I, I had industry experience before that. Like I had done a lot of PA and gigs throughout college and internships, but I was like ready to get my feet in there. Yeah. you know. Um, and so I decided to just like move up here and I went on Craigslist and I found a room for rent. Um, and I moved into it, they were nice people. It was a weird situation that yeah. these people's like extra room and there were some other people there, and one of them was like a couple, and so I just kind of would like hide in my room all day and like do my online work and I picked up like a couple gigs like doing like edit work and like digital producing for people. Um, but I really wasn't happy doing it. I was still looking for work elsewhere in production. And then I, I can tell you about the, the boat story yeah, that you were asking the about. Story. The boat story is, I would say, my own, my most interesting story. Okay. This is, like, this is my, maybe my Joker origin, maybe my hero origin. Okay. Only time will tell. Um, <laughs> so, at that time, you know, I'm pretty desperate. I'm looking for jobs. And um, a contact that I had who, like, I wasn't super close with was, like, hey, there's this production, this guy I know through he knew like the insurance uh, broker or somebody who was like signing it it was all like yeah. he didn't even know the guy who was like do- running the production um so he connects me with him and i'm only 22 at this time i've been out of school for like less than a year oh and then uh one of our lights died <laughs> it's fine you keep going yeah okay. keep going
0: <laughs> Keep going, baby. It's showbiz. Uh, uh. That's showbiz, baby. You just keep going. You it's, know? Like, it's really hard to be the producer, the talent, the host, it's so the much. editor, the social
1: media. Like, It's hard. The prettiest sometimes, one in the room. Sometimes the lights die. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God shines his light on us and sometimes he says, I need a break. He says, sometimes
0: go into the valley. Yeah.
1: He's like, actually, you have enough light on your own. People that are listening audio have no
0: idea what happened. So oh, yeah, if you're like-
1: listening audio, one of
0: our lights just died.
1: And it is also, it's like duct tape rigged together right now. It's a whole thing, but it looks really good. It's called having a dream and, and keeping it alive. Absolutely. Keep that fire going. Even when all the lights turn out. Absolutely. And that is honestly a great metaphor for my experience on this show. Okay. <laughs> to segue. It's segue. You know, to segue on back. It's almost like you do this. I don't know. Okay. Um, so I, I get hired by this guy. He's like much older. I'm 22 years old. I have like no experience. If you know much about production, I was hired as the unit production manager, which is like one of a pretty high up position. You know, I'd never done that. I had no experience. I had like Mm -hmm. PA experience and stuff. But I'm a go-getter. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll try, you know. And so this much older guy who's like in his like almost 70s, you know, no offense to anybody out there or whatever. Cut that.
0: <laughs> I'm very
1: popular with the 70 year olds. I kind of figured. <laughs> I kind of figured. That's your key demo. Um, so he flew me out to. OK, so the concept of the show is that. So it's COVID times. COVID was like still fairly new, less than a year ish. Um, and since bands couldn't tour anymore at music venues, he was like, let's cast a band. And let's put him on a boat and let's make him live on a boat for three months and we'll travel around the East Coast and we'll play shows from the bow of the boat. Okay. Like at marinas and stuff, and I'm like, damn, that actually sounds really cool, you know? Yeah. So I get hired on, um, and he flies me out to South Carolina where he was living and everything. And now in hindsight, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, always, of course. And I-, I saw the red flags, but I, I was so desperate for the experience. Yeah. You know, I was willing to risk it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Um. So. I like go. I fly out there and I meet this guy, and he's really skeezy right away. I'm like, oh gosh, he, you know, he no offense to smokers or anything, but God, he just like r- he was chain smoking the entire time, like actually chain smoking, like lighting one cigarette with the butt of the other one. It was the first time I'd seen it done. Not ironically. Um, so anyway, we like drive out and he's driving me back to his apartment um, out in South Carolina. It's like, kind of a long drive. So we're having like awkward first meeting in time, first meeting in person chat, you know? Yeah. Um. And he said some like really weird, creepy stuff. He was like being like kind of sexual and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm just like being defensive and like deflecting, mm-hmm. whatever. We get there and I'm, I'm living with him for two weeks of uh, just the two of us. This old man, I don't Girl. know him. My parents were very concerned and I was (laughs) not really like keeping them updated on exactly the details until way after. They all they know now. Hi, mom and dad. Um, so I lived with him for two weeks and it was pretty much hell. Like it was, it was a lot. Um, on the production side, I got out there and basically nothing had been done. Um, he hadn't even secured the boats yet, which was pretty shocking to me. The only thing that really had been done is like I had been hired. There was one other producer who had never done production in his life. He was a guitarist. He was so not helpful. Uh, sorry, Charles. And, um, he had like got the band together. And so we were like talking to them over zoom and planning. I'm pulling everything together. I'm booking the marinas and like trying to like schedule the boat path to like go down. We started in, What is it? North Carolina over on the East Coast. And we worked our way down to the keys over two and a half ish months. Mm -hmm. Um, and we did about fourteen or fifteen, maybe sixteen stops. I planned every single one of them. Like I was dealing with boat captains and marinas. I helped him secure a boat. We I helped him secure this fishing boat. But like the show was called yacht stops. Um, and so the whole thing was like we were supposed to be on a yacht and it was gonna be like a really nice yacht. Everyone was really excited about it, but um, to get to the yacht, one thing, um, as we started filming, the band was going to play from this yacht, right? And it's going to yeah. be really nice. But the way to, like, earn their way onto the yacht, all part of the show and everything was they had to live on a fishing boat for two weeks before that to do boat boot camp and we were having them do like all sorts of stuff like getting seasick out there like taking them out on like really choppy waters making fish um we threw like a smoke grenade at them one morning uh while everybody was sleeping that was pretty fun i got to do some like joker-esque stuff i got to be joker brained but it was also kind of messed up um and like it's hard to tell the story because there's so many So I'm sorry if I'm skipping around. I hope it's easy to follow. But um so we finally after like two weeks of living with this guy, it's horrible, it's crazy. Um, it sucks. I'm like totally miserable and I'm just trying to like count down the days to get to like meet up with everybody else the cast the crew to not be alone with this guy anymore in his apartment. Um because he like I I was able to like deflect. He didn't do anything to me. He was just a creep, you know. He's just a fucking weirdo. Weird vibes. And I couldn't escape him. Like I he only had one car and like I couldn't leave. Whatever. Um, oh, my God. Like, honestly, like, I'm scared for you. Oh, it gets worse. Okay, keep going. Oh, it gets worse. Um, so... We finally after two weeks, we meet up with everybody, the cast and the crew. Yeah. I'm so excited. Everything's going great. And at the end of the day, um, we have kind of like a house party to it's like at the fishing captain's boat. We're just about to start boat boot camp. And like just okay. start those two days. Okay. Or two weeks. Um, so like last hurrah before we ship out or whatever, you know. So we're having a little house party, it's cast and crew. We get to meet like the edit team for the first time and the this is things started to go wrong very quickly. Um, so the edit team, they had started to get a little suspicious of Michael. Michael Bloom, the guy who ran the whole thing. Um, okay. Because... Sounds like a sketch name. Sketch name. Watch out for him. If you ever meet an old man named Michael Bloom, literally turn and run. <laughs> um, all right. No, literally. Um, so at this point, we all have signed contracts and everything. It, it should be legal. But Payment keeps getting delayed. Like, originally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm, yeah, the red flags, hindsight, right? All those things. Red flags. Hindsight and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, originally, we had been told that, like, we wouldn't be paid for the first, like, month of... I think it was less than that but the first month and then after that like we would recoup all the money that we had been owed up to that point and then start receiving like weekly or bi-weekly paychecks and it was because of the company that was like buying the show a lot of like complicated mumbo jumbo he was yeah. able to kind of just like appease us for a long time but the edit team after the first two weeks they're starting to get really suspicious they were very professional they had a lot of experience yeah. they were smart um, so I was talking to them, you know, and I learned a very important lesson, a couple important lessons in this few, in these few moments. So I was talking to one of the younger guys on the yeah. team who was about my age, you know, early twenties. Um, and I had like been messaging with him in work capacity, like for a little while. And so it was nice to meet everybody. I had a drink or two in my system. Um, And so I'm chatting alone with this guy and he's like, come on, like, give me the scoop. Like, what's up with this guy? Like, he seems like such a creep. Like, what is his problem? Um, And so I didn't, I don't know, I just kind of spilled. I like let it out. That, you know, this guy is a creep and that he had been saying some really creepy things to me and been making me feel really uncomfortable and nothing horrible had like happened at this point, but I let them know and he was just like, okay, like, cool. Thanks for sharing with me. I didn't think anything of it. And then we're all like going back to the Airbnbs that we were staying in that night and I get a text message. Um, I'm not with the producer and I get a text message that it was from the editor guy I was talking to that that was the final straw me admitting that you know and so they decided to quit on the project so it was the day before initial filming yeah. starts and the edit team quits and I'm like and it's my fault you know well it's it's Michael's fault but it yeah. was it was me I was the catalyst you know
0: well I think it was. hopefully this story like it ends right yeah. there uh no oh okay oh no Jesus, I, Sarah. I know i'm sorry it's a lot but but also you don't know what you don't know you don't
1: know what you don't you
0: and know. you had just are you were trying
1: to find like you don't know now i bet you'll never make that same mistake no you don't drink at work functions like that and you don't spill personal info no or you ask for help no that's a bad message ask for
0: help ask for help yes but what i mean is sure you he asked you these questions you obviously had that inner gut of something's off so yeah. you shared with him So like I think the big what I was Meaning is you'll never make the same mistake of like Working with someone like that. Hell no
1: Oh hell no I've got Spidey senses now um. So they text. So this guy me. you. Should have quit with the team. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. But I wouldn't have this story to share I with right you, right, and right, I wouldn't, right, wouldn't right. be okay, on.
0: So you kept this going. Podcast and blaming yourself. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you know. But we dealt with that. We've gone okay. to therapy. We work through it and everything. Right. Growing. Glowing. Glowing and growing. Um. So he texted me, and he let me know that what I said was one of the reasons, and he also texted the main producer. Um. And they didn't include that info. They just told him it was because he was so scuzzy. So shout out for them not exposing me like that because nobody ever knew. So I had to just hold on to that the entire time for three months, almost two and a half months. Um, so that was kind of like eating me up, but whatever. So boat boot camp starts the next day and I'm living on the fishing boat with them. It's a tiny fishing boat. There were... Uh, six or seven bunks down below. It's like, it's really small. It was a commercial shipping or commercial fishing boat, you know, but it's not meant for a bunch of people to live on for like a camera crew and cast. No. Um, so like we, for two weeks, God, you know, there was no privacy at all. It was fun to film. Like there weren't, nothing like too crazy was happening at that point. Except, oh, the guy, he said we were supposed to have a chef and the chef quit. So we were, in total, we were about 25 people, the production team. Um, and somehow it fell on me as one of the lead producers, to feed everybody also every day, all meals. And we had one guy, poor Brennan, he was vegan and celiac and gluten-free. Um, and I almost killed that boy. He lost like 15 pounds. I couldn't feed him. I was trying. I was literally keeping everything together. I was making sure there was like fuel in the boat. I was making sure there was a plan for the day, that the cameras were rolling, that people were fed, that Michael didn't sexually harass anybody because... You know the like leader, the main, the lead singer of the band was like a young little girl, and she was like my age, but she acted way younger. Anyway, that's a side story. Um, so, boo boat boot camp was like it was rough but it was really fun we were all so so excited to finally get on this yacht have a little more space you know now we're really gonna get into the vibe of the show because they they didn't have much time to like practice their instruments or anything and like play as a band they had only really known each other for a couple weeks um so i remember the day we like pull into we're at the marina and we're meeting up with the yacht captain you know getting off the fishing boat and everything and we get out and i see god i'm sorry yachts and boats are just you know in general they are nice they are expensive but yeah this was this was a floating it was just sad it was like literally so like run down it was basically it was like a really crappy like rv floating on water basically Cute. it was from the 80s and the guy who was taking care of it was like this crazy old man i had a lot of beef with him too <laughs> we were like constantly fighting because yeah whatever it's drama um It was so horrible. We had, like, the carpets were moldy. The walls, like, the wallpaper was ripping up. Like, there weren't mattresses on the beds that we were supposed to be staying in. There were bugs everywhere. There were roaches. Somebody said they found a rat. Um, Okay. It wasn't – and the worst part was it wasn't even up to the safety standards. So we got the Coast Guard called on us because the the guy – the owner of the boat is the one I would beef with. And then he wasn't actually, like, licensed to drive people on the boat or whatever He could like maybe drive himself, so we had hired another captain, and she was this mean, mean little woman. She came on, and she was immediately just like being really mean to the cast and crew, like said some like really not cool stuff. And then we quickly figured out she was drunk; she had been drinking and was like a really bad alcoholic, and was was drunk in that moment. And she was supposed to be driving the boat that day, so we had to fire her. And then she called the coast guard on us, and then the coast guard came, and we weren't up to safety standards and everything, so that held us back. Um and all this time no one's getting paid. We're all starting to like spend our own money. Like and at first there was money, which is like yeah. what kept me around and like kept all of us around. Yeah. But the money stopped flowing at a certain point, you know, and tensions just got really really high and you know we were able to do some shows and we did film a show. There was it wasn't quite it was been what had been pitched, you know, but it was dramatic, that's for sure. There was a lot of fighting, a lot of infighting um with the production team versus the crew and or the cast and everything it was interesting you know um things so we get in like all oh, fast forward like oh, two months later you know jesus you did this for two it months was... two and a half months oh my god just okay about.
0: i'm worried about you in this uh, time it's
1: almost over but the craziest part i don't think has really happened yet That's okay. in my opinion the craziest part okay. um so people are starting to get really to me it's crazy when you don't get paid. like oh that was absolutely insane uh, no, no, we don't work for free. I'll never do it again. <laughs> you will not catch me. So you're you're paying for this appearance, right? <laughs> appearance fees? Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll discuss. My people. Call oh, me. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, perfect. Cool. Cool. So we'll just chat. Um, So tensions are really high. It's been going on too long. Like the show should have shut down way, way long ago. But we were a lot of people who like didn't have a lot of credits, but people who were really excited to like get into the so we you know we were ready to give it our all um and we had already gotten so far it it just felt like it needed to like happen and there was promise that it was going to be on amazon prime and then it was like never mind um so one day they we were like coming back um from somewhere we're on the boats and there were two boats and um the first boat pulled in and that had michael the main producer and one of our camera guys his name was tom the drone guy um, I loved him we got along really well And they got in a really bad fight One day in like the parking lot And Tom had a heart attack And he actually passed away um, And they had to call 911 the ambulance came and picked him up He passed away in the ambulance and he was revived He did come back to life um, He was about he was dead for like a minute Or something like I that now. He is alive oh, to this day scared He mm-hmm, Tom drone guy for you is alive and out there still i saw him on facebook not too long ago um and so at that point it was like no one had been paid the the people aren't eating people are losing weight people are starving somebody just died he uh, he was yes resurrected but he did die that is a fact (laughs) so at that point um and remember and most of except for tom dying because he was one of the camera guys so he kind of took the l and didn't film himself on that i know only regret um The 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 band did come together and they ultimately like voted in like a sad final moment that yeah it's time to go. Um, so everybody kind of dispersed after that. We left the Florida Keys and everything. And then now there was like a, I'm not sure if it's still happening, but at one point there was like a legal battle of people fighting over the footage rights and stuff. No one has ever been paid like to this day. And then, so I never thought this show was going to come out. I'm like weird fever dream. People will probably never even believe me that any of this happened. Like they'll probably think I'm making it all up, right? It's too crazy. Just one fucking day. I, I don't remember if someone sent, someone sent it to me. Someone from the cast had seen it on. YouTube or something like a promo this man he released the show it's on Amazon Prime it's out I was like what the fuck so I went to go be like oh my god my first ever TV show that I produced that like I I was a part of and it's on yeah. like a, a streaming platform yeah. how cool this Bitch, he listed every episode for 99 cents. So I've never watched it because that's his final attempt to try to get money out of us. Oh, he wants you to pay. He wants money out of it because like Amazon is a platform that like they do a lot of original content. But also they buy, buy or they like program a lot of content that like... It's like, we'll we'll let you put your content, your show on our platform, but we're not going to pay you unless it makes anything, you know? Oh, so you yeah. put it on there and it's really no risk to Amazon because they didn't pay anything. If it yeah. tanks, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um. So that's his last attempt to get money. I believe there's still an ongoing legal battle. Tom is alive. I don't want to give Michael. Tom is alive.
0: <laughs> that is the true miracle that Tom is alive.
1: Tom. I hate that for you. Hated it. It was the most insane experience of my and there's a lot more and I probably told that in like a boring way to listen to. I don't know. It ain't stop. And maybe it was just like all over the place. It's an interesting story, definitely. Um, I think that the more interesting show would be like cutting up the footage to show like what really happened and like how much of a mess it was and like what happens if you get a bunch of people together and you really don't have the money to like support this, but you keep like scamming people. It was a scam, you know? It was a scam. This is a scam. So I hope that like some documentary comes out about it someday.
0: I was literally just thinking, I was like, that's what you should do you should like make a documentary about this guy
1: that's why there's like this legal battle over the footage because people want to repurpose the show like the i think it was some of the camera operators and the lead singer's family were like thinking about going in together and they asked me and i was like it doesn't seem like he has any money i want to move on with my life you know what what lesson did you learn from all that I learned a lot from that um it definitely like it broke me I was so young and so inexperienced and had so much pressure put on me so quickly I didn't know what to do like I sobbed a lot in the beginning you know I would go and like cry in a corner somewhere so no one would see me because I had to keep it together for that like I had to keep because he was such a mess production side of things already is stressful so like adding all those layers like does not help yeah having no money really and the (laughs) boat being yeah people dying it's a lot um but I learned this is going to be sound cheesy but I really learn to like believe in yourself and to like take a risk like it was a risk for me to even like try to reach out to him in the beginning trying to get a producer position when I had no experience it was a risk for me to do any of this stuff like I it could have gone horribly you know but I believed in myself it was like my only option and it gave me a confidence that I had never known in myself and it's definitely like helped shape who I am now it gave me the experience that has helped me get, like, another great job that I have now where I get to, like, actually, um, like, use my production experience and, like, be creative and make cool content that I get paid for. Yeah. Um, also, I would say um, one note that I left out about this that I yeah. I'll leave that story on, is that in the beginning when I first connected with this producer, this director, and he offered me a contract of $100,000 um, for three months of work. And uh, I was only 22, you know, no experience. And, you know, if you're like a lister, a lot of experience, sure, that's probably a normal thing. That is too much money. If mm. it's too good to be true, it is. It is. I'm sorry. Mm. And I believed in it and I took a risk and it was too good to be true. Still glad I did it. I don't regret it at all. But yeah,
0: it it, was. Yeah. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It often is. It probably is. But I think that's a... I mean, you got a cool story out of it. I got the best fucking story. I mean, and you're resilient. Yeah. But we already knew that. We had to be, you know? We have to be. And I do want to say, like, I feel like as much as that sucked, like... You can like you work under pressure really well. Like I went to, and I think too, like knowing that and then seeing where you are now as a friend, like it's inspiring because me and Madeline went to that in person thing you were producing the other day, yeah, the cooking show. Yeah, it
1: was a cooking a cooking and comedy show, and
0: cooking and comedy, which like two of my favorite things: eating and comedy. I don't Mm. really like cooking, but we got to eat too. We got to eat. Yeah, the food was good, but seeing you like on your boss, like you were so in your element and, and, and also when you were, you know, I think it's cool too, with this job, like you do video content, like now you're doing like the podcast, podcast for that people, like social media content. Like, I think that it's so good to have this like multiple, you know, like, and like you have a TV show, like credit, kinda like on a fake TV, like on a fake TV.
1: I mean, I call it a fake TV show. Like that's not invalid to say, but yeah. it kind of is a real TV show. It kind of is now that it's on Amazon. It, it is a show,
0: you know. But also, like we justice, justice, justice will be served. Justice I have Justice will fun. be served. You know, you you can't scam people and get away with it. Look
1: at Firefest. Look at Firefest. I am begging i'm dying i'm itching i'm foaming at the mouth for the firefest documentary about this guy i'm serious if you're watching this and you ever like contact or get in contact with michael bloom and he like wants to do something production related just you know at least check out his background if it's from solaris media watch out and that's the tea
0: that's the tea but i it sucks but i'm I'm proud of you for getting out, and I'm proud of you for becoming resilient and, like, getting through that.
1: Thank you. And, you know, it was fun. Like, I had great times, Yeah,
0: too. You are an incredibly resilient person, especially Thank for, you. like, going through all that. I had no idea. But the other – I think your origin-origin story of why you even wanted to get into production is even more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you even remember because it was okay, the whole tide going. night. Um, you don't remember telling me the story, but it was, like, so beautiful um, about – where your desire to wanting to get started in production came from, from that mm-hmm. time of your childhood, like, being really sick and, like, watching shows. So, like, can you go into a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah. I thought it was really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I had a lot of health issues, mm-hmm. um, specifically asthma. And living in California, a lot of fires. Um, I was hospitalized when I was in fourth grade. Um, for pretty severe asthma complications. And after that, I spent the next like three and a half years in and out of the hospital in and out of the ICU. Um, I was really, really sick. I missed a lot of school. Like I don't know my Roman numerals that era, I was not in school. Um, Good thing Google exists. Good thing. You're so right. Um yeah, so i I was in the hospital a lot. Um, both my parents, you know, it's, I'm sure not cheap to have a kid in the hospital. So my parents were working and they did obviously an amazing job of like being around me all the time and like keeping me company. But there were a lot of times where I was alone in the hospital bed, you know, when I was like eight to 10 years old, I was tiny. Um, and I had to find something to, you know, bring comfort, to fill the space, and i turned to movies and tv you know there was a tv in the room always and i would just i would just watch and watch and i always wanted something new you know every time someone would go home they would like bring me a new dvd and i was so excited to watch a new movie every time and that brought me a lot of comfort um so i think from a really young age that made such an impact on me that I think it's always been important to me to, you know, like, create and to give back. I, I want to be able to give back what I got from media. Um, to be able to affect anyone the way that I was affected is really beautiful. And so, yeah, I hope that maybe I can even bring, like, a fraction of that to somebody someday. That's
0: so sweet. Mm-hmm. That's so wholesome. Was it, like, was it scary? Like, because I, I couldn't imagine being, like, a kid and going through that. Like, was it a scary like isolating I'm sure yeah Yeah.
1: absolutely it was really scary um and during that time I was still having a lot of asthma um I had never I have anxiety and been diagnosed and you know medicated for a little while now shout out but I my parents didn't know back then nobody in my family had ever had mental health issues or anything and I became really depressed um And I started to develop a really – an anxiety disorder at a really young age that they – for so it's called vocal cord dysfunction. And when I would get sick with asthma, you know, it would start to not feel good. It would really stress me out because I knew hospital's coming. Okay, oh, crap. I have to get ready to go back to the hospital, get pricked. I was always, you know, like hooked up to things. I was almost intubated. It was a a lot. I kind of forgot where I was going. I kind of lost my –
0: the isolation
1: yeah um
0: scary anxiety disorder oh
1: okay yeah so um it was alone a lot I would when I would start to feel really sick um I would get really stressed out and I developed vocal cord dysfunction but the doctors didn't know what that was for a long time and for anyone who doesn't know what that is because why would you unless you have it yeah um It sounds a lot like wheezing, like a really intense hoarse wheeze, but it's your vocal cords were constricting, not your lungs, like with asthma. Um, And it was stress-induced, and so that would often happen alongside the asthma. And so I wasn't able to breathe at all. The doctors didn't know what it was. Um, It took a really long time for them to figure out that it was anxiety-related. Um, And then once they figured that out, I got diagnosed with like PTSD at a young age and I started doing therapy and it helped a lot. You know, the vocal cord dysfunction like totally went away. I was able to control that. So we were able to just focus on the asthma and the hospitalizations finally started to clear up. Thank God. Um, And I've been pretty healthy as an adult, you know, knock on wood. (laughs) I think I got all my bad luck out of the way at an early age because there were more illnesses after that, but... It really started to get better.
0: Yeah. I had... And I... Like, when I see you, I just am reminded of, like, a ray of sunshine. Like, you (sighs) always just light up any room you walk in. You're always a hype woman. You're always so hype. So, like, I had no idea you had been through stuff like that and like huh. it does make sense because you are really funny and so like i feel like trauma makes people funny and you've always been hilarious to me so i should have known you had been through some stuff Ugh. but i had no idea
1: i really appreciate the like positivity note because i did from a young age learn that like depression is very real and it's something that i've struggled with and you know depression is, i want to like preface this with like You know, sometimes you need a lot more help and, like, maybe medicine and therapy and stuff, but in general, I learned that you have to choose to be happy, and you have to choose to be happy all the time because it's so easy to just, like, let the bad thoughts win and, like, give in, like, oh, I had a shitty day. Like, I just want to be in a shitty mood and, like, be rude and, like, you know, just off-putting, but... It's just life is so much better when you like choose to be happier. Yeah. Um. And so that's something that I work on a lot and it's something that I'm not the best at. I'm no pro, yeah. but it is something that I'm continually working on. Yeah. I mean, we all have our days, you know, like I have a lot of them. We're human.
0: We all do. But yeah, I do. I do heavy. I am heavy on that. Like it is a choice, like choosing gratitude. Like there's a phrase I heard and it's like being grateful in situations i'm not grateful for so like like the situation that i'm in right now like it's not like ideal and not like the situation i want but i'm choose like you have to choose to find things to
1: be grateful for absolutely and it feels good to see like other people be happy around you you know yeah i love that were were kids like mean to you oh my god yeah so I, I feel like if you're
0: bullied as a kid, like that never really leaves you.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. I, like a lot of kids, was bullied really bad, you know, and I hope it's better these days, but in the early 2000s, bullying was still very cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I did get bullied a lot. There were a lot of side effects to the medications that I was on too. Um, if you've ever been on prednisone, I think, I, I don't remember what it is. It's like a steroid, I think. Um, you get it if you're really sick, like, I don't know, a chest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was on a really, really, really high dosage of it. And if you've ever seen in like some cancer patients, they are on really high doses of prednisone and their faces swell well up. yeah you get really swollen so from i got steroids that, mm-hmm, i got that facial swelling at a really young age um and it was really really bad and really noticeable but like i was uh, you know i would stay home for a while and especially in the very beginning when it first happened i was home with my family and it was more of a gradual thing so they didn't even notice they didn't tell me that my face was so swollen they didn't even realize and so i went to school and the kids very quickly told me <laughs> how swollen my face was um and i i Appreciated that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that was one thing, and another fun little, you know, middle school trivia fact about me is I have really bad eyesight and wear contacts every day. Kitty oh, girl wants to come oh up. Oh gosh! Hey, welcome to the show. Ugh. This is Oscar. She's a queen.
0: I'm um, literally allergic. I have to take allergy pills every time I come over here. Like, please. it's true. I'll grab you one in a minute. <laughs> I already feel my eyes watering.
1: Okay, perfect. We'll we'll keep it quick then. <laughs> um. Yeah. So another little tidbit about me is I have really bad eyesight. Yeah. When I was three years old, um, my parents like took me to the eye doctor because I was always running in. Actually, it's kind of sad, funny story. Um, when I was in preschool, um, one day my preschool teacher called my parents in for a meeting after school when they were picking me up, and they thought they asked my parents like are, if they were abusing me because I always had a big old lump on my forehead because I had such bad depth perception. I would just walk into walls and doorways all the time. And so then they took me to the eye doctor after that and they found out like I had such a severe case of like lazy eye too. Um so I had to wear I had, like amblyopia and strabismus if anyone out there listening knows what that is gang gang. Um you know gang gang. <laughs> but I had to wear an eye patch over my stronger eye to help my weaker eye get stronger, like mm. force it to work harder. Um, every day for, I think it was, it got less as I got older, but starting at like 10 hours a day every day. And so I had to wear an eye patch to middle school and elementary school. Yeah. Through middle school. Um, and then I finally was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and my eyes were better at that point, thankfully, because when you are like a little bit chubby and you're kind of socially awkward and you wear an eye patch and you're always gone from school cause you're sick. People think you're kind of strange. Um, yeah, so that character building. Yeah, it took a lot to really overcome those accus- the weird kid accusations. It's taken a lot.
0: You know what, Sarah? What? Everyone is weird. So true. And you know what? I love your weirdness.
1: Aww. I love your weirdness. Oh. Ooh. Oh, see, this is why Thanks, Matt, can This girl? is why Don't can you take respect over there. there? Okay. She does what she wants. She She like literally
0: is like, I feel like I'm about to get eaten on my podcast. Like I feel like she's about to bite me.
1: This cat loves Montana and she refuses to love the cat back. So, you know, give it, give the video a thumbs down. No, no, it's not that I don't
0: want to love her. It just like, if I did, I would sneeze all over her.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: So. I think you're an incredibly resilient person, and I think that anything that you want to accomplish, you very you can. Like you. I, I believe that I believe in you. I believe in your story. What would, what's the, what's your, what's your big goal with it? Huh. What, what's, what would be the
1: big goal? I think it's kind of a moving target for okay. me. Um, I it's changed a lot. I really. I, I love producing. I, I didn't see myself falling in as a producer. I thought I would go more of like the editor track a couple years ago. So it's been mm-hmm. interesting to see like where this is taking me. Um, I just I really love telling, you know, my own stories about other people's stories, especially. Um, and I've done a lot of work now for smaller companies. And it's been really cool getting to... Like have creative freedom and be able to tell stories that you know something at like if you're at a bigger network like I worked at NBC Universal for a little bit and it was just like nothing got done it felt like like everything was such a slow process I had no control over anything um, so I hope that I can continue to like. Discover my voice as a storyteller and be able to give a platform to people who haven't like I love I would love to give more of a voice to like black gay um, like all of the communities who haven't traditionally like had as much of a platform as someone like me has had um and also i really like telling um kind of like scary stories oh yeah spooky. yeah i really like that um so i hope like one day to kind of like get my foot into the thriller genre right now i'm having fun doing like reality tv and food media and comedy um but yeah i definitely have some bigger goals Ooh, i love that a spooky vibe yeah spooky girl like I really love it. Like, Jordan Peele is a huge inspiration to me. Okay. My original inspiration, one of the first <laughs> directors that I ever really fell in love with, was such a random and, like, kind of, like, uh, answer, but it was Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. Um, you know, like, old school. I, like, fell in love with, like, Rear Window, um, all those movies. Um, he did, after, upon further research, he's not the best guy. He's not the best role model. You know, separate art from artists, but at a certain Good point... Word. Yeah. So I would love if there are more cool people out there telling crazy stories who aren't so problematic. You don't have to see Harvey Weinstein's name at the end of a movie anymore. You know? Yeah. That's what I want.
0: I love that. And I love too, like because I feel like a lot of the smaller companies like being more independent, you do get that freedom. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to, you know, be under someone else's umbrella like you can have that freedom that's that's what I think is beautiful about like all this independent content coming out and I think I love what you do with the food the reality the comedy like we have bonded over our love for comedy even though we have recently discovered our taste in comedy like we are together Mm -hmm. we're giggling all the time we're laughing laughing. we're banter like you're my favorite person to like riff with like because you're fun you're funny But when it comes to watching comedy, comedy shows, comedians, we are not on the same page. And it's crazy to me because usually when you hang out with someone and they don't find the same things that you find funny like y'all don't vibe right but we
1: vibe so well even though none of the content we like is the same it's so interesting obviously like we have overlap with like reality tv and all that oh. but you're 100 right like comedy it's not the same even though we are still able to like riff and joke and like have such a good time so you know it's just another point of like even so someone's a little bit different than you doesn't mean that like you can't have such an amazing relationship with them
0: yeah i think our differences. Is- are what can bring us together. And I think sometimes we get scared of our differences, but like our differences can bring us together. And like, I, I've learned from you you' learned like we le- you learn from people by your differences
1: absolutely and I can't wait to see more stuff for you to show me you know we're gonna find a funny show that we both we really will like.
0: find a funny show but like I'm still really but her that you didn't
1: like that Pete Davidson show it's fine yeah
0: like it's fine
1: yeah no maybe maybe I'll give it another chance
0: no it's okay like that opening scene really is a lot <laughs>
1: yeah if you've seen that Bubkiss kiss show and you know what we're talking about the opening scene with Pete Davidson and his mom and the VR set we were, she was showing me that and I was so I was like, All I gave right. you a warning. I was like, the war- the
0: opening scene is wild, but please, yeah. it's a wholesome show. It talks about his grandpa dying. Like right. just get past this opening scene.
1: I just I couldn't, and I'm sorry. And I think maybe that was just my mindset at the moment. It, you know, was. Maybe
0: it probably was.
1: We need a new headspace. So maybe let's get a date on the calendar and we'll try it again.
0: Yeah. And also, reality TV did bring us together because <laughs> I I hate when people think that you're, like, uneducated if you love reality. Like, I, lo- I live and die by reality shows.
1: I, yeah. I, would lo- I would love to be on a reality show. Oh, and like, you're going to be, I can tell. I would die for one. Oh, I could totally see. And I think that in the best way, you could even be, like, a little bit of a villain of a season. I could see that for you. I've always... I don't think I- you think I could be a villain? But, like, I think it would mostly be, like, how the edit does you dirty and you're, like, actually really cool and stuff. You're just, like, you're just out there, like, getting your name out there. And then the editors came in with their with their agenda. And I could happens, also see myself being a villain. Right. <laughs> Let's be real here. Come on. And, you know, villains just, are often the best characters. They- Bravo! They make the show mm-hmm. bravo's house of villains i mean come on there's no house of heroes on bravo i don't think so there's no house of wholesome mm, house of whores <laughs> the whorehouse
0: the whorehouse the
1: Texas brothel whorehouse? oh my god wait should we go should please
0: <laughs> okay i really loved this conversation Me i love too. your story i love the boat story even mm-hmm. though that's traumatizing and shout out to tom for staying alive shout out tom and uh, sorry it was long you know Don't – that's what a podcast is, a long-form conversation. Just chit-chatting. Just two girls chit-chatting on the couch with a kitty cat that's going to make me sneeze.
1: This honestly really felt like one of just like our hangouts. No, it
0: literally did. This is how we talk. I'm telling you guys, if I'm not at my apartment, I'm here. These two have kept me fed this past year. I would not have survived this last year without you. And I really want you to know that I am super grateful for you. And I can't wait to continue seeing your story unfold and like – Yeah. Can't wait to continue sharing it.
1: I feel the same way. Is there
0: anything else you want to say before we end this?
1: I mean, like, let's go crush it. Am I right, everybody? Come on. It's going to be a good day. Get your ass up and go to work. Go to work. Maybe if you had a business that you were passionate about. totally. Also, I was quoting. That was a TikTok. So, like, if you don't, I wasn't just being like, oh, my God, go to work. No, I was was quoting
0: Kim Kardashian. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, perfect. Because remember, she was like, because her sisters were like, this up and work and work like maybe if you had a business courtney that you cared about you would understand absolutely shots fired and she said what she needed to say and then huh? magically courtney came out with lemmy so it does work get up and work clearly it does okay i love you guys i mean it bye bye besties (laughs) oh yay you said besties you guys are my besties Bye, bye